0: Love Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Patricia Adams Live. We're glad to be on the air with you today, and I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to thank God for those of you who will be listening to the broadcast live today, and also for those of you who will be joining in on the archive later. I want you to know that God is up to something, that we are in the midst of a shift in the spirit realm, and that we are in the midst of things that God has Spoken to your lives, and He has spoken over our lives as the body of believers come into alignment, come into agreement with Him for the things that are in heaven to come to pass in the earth. We thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to first off open up with um, a scripture found in Second Peter uh, chapter one, verse three through four, and it says, "Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great." and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me read that again, 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4. This is the King James Version. And in that passage it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We are going to be taking a serious look at the aftermath of trauma and Through that, we are doing a series called the Life After Series. I believe that this is a place where God wants to take us, and it's that secret place because so many of us have been traumatized. So many of us have been dropped, like Mephibosheth, and we've become lame. And Mephibosheth was dropped by someone who was his caretaker, someone who was a trusted member of a household, what do you do when you've been dropped and made lame? Not lame from birth, but you've been dropped after birth and you've been made lame, not by your own choosing, not by your own choice, but by the hands of someone trusted with your care how do you overcome that what do you do whether you were a child and a series of events happened in your life whether it was through the hands of the people who were given a responsibility to care for you through birth or through adoption or through foster care or you lived most of your life in a home and you've just become emancipated at the age of 18, whatever it is that you were placed in someone's care, be it in the church, be it in the workplace, be it in your relationships with others, your husband, your wife, wherever there is a relationship, there is opportunity to be dropped. And how do you overcome being dropped? How how do you get past that? Is there really life after you've been dropped? Can you go on? Can you move on? The word of God says that we can. And I believe that if God said it's possible for us to have life after being dropped, Then it is so. I want to encourage you to tune into the broadcast as we continue to work out this Life After series. We're going to talk about issues of abortion, we're going to talk about miscarriage, we're going to talk about betrayal, we're going to talk about broken uh, commitments, we're going to talk about um, all things that have the potential to damage you, that have harmed you, and It is preventing you from living in that secret place because to live in a secret place with God requires a certain amount of vulnerability, requires a certain amount of trust. Even when you can't trace him, you have to trust him. And the one thing that gives us that assurance is is that when David said, is there not anyone left in the house of Jonathan? that I can do good by Even after Mephibosheth had been dropped and he came and he sat at David, David's table, which he was a rightful heir to be at that table because it had belonged to his grandfather and his father. But through God's intervention, God's divine appointment, it became David's table. But David brought him to that banqueting table and he set him down and accepted him as if he were in his rightful place. No one was paying any attention at this time underneath the table, I don't believe, to the fact that Mephibosheth was lame. But he knew that he was lame. But he knew that he belonged where David had invited him. So, What do you do when you've been invited to the banqueting table and you're lame and you need help? You know you belong there. You have a right to be there. You are an heir to the banqueting table, but you're having trouble getting to the banqueting table. Somebody needs to pick you up and take you there. Somebody needs to assist you. Somebody needs to aid you and make sure that you're able to sit up right at the table, that you're able to eat on the table, that you're able to participate, what do you do? What do you do when you have been made lame? The life after series. There's healing in the aftermath. There's healing after you've been dropped. You've been abused, but it doesn't mean you have to be defeated. You've been victimized, but it doesn't mean you have to remain the victim. There is healing, there is safety, there is recovery, and there is restoration. From all of the mountains that seem as if they are going to overtake you, overthrow you, from the sexual, the physical, emotional, religious, and spiritual abuse that has occurred in your life, there is safety. And there is life after that. And we encourage you to come along with us. And we're going to go into a passage in the Song of Solomon. Song chapter 5 verse 13 says that his cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. That's intimacy. That's intimacy. That's that secret place with God. And a lot of us find it a hard place to get to. But it is the relationship that you want to have with God through that divine nature that Peter talks about. You have to be vulnerable, you have to love, and you have to trust. And that means that the depths of God are going to be explored as you let down your guard, as you let down your um, inhibition towards being able to, trust him with your life, to love him, to love you through all uh, your good and your bad. He desires to have a relationship with us, and it is through that relationship that deep calls unto the deep. So it is the deep things of God that call to the deep things of you that cause you to want to come and go away with him, to have that relationship with him. But if we are stuck on the level of our lameness, we can't receive that revelation from him. He's already paid the price through the cross. And if we want to have that level of relationship with him, we have to trust him. Because it says, that in him we live, move, and have our being. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they are intimately wrapped up in each other. And how is that? Is that they are on one accord. Their purpose and their intent is to do only that which is the intent of God. They reflect God's intimacy throughout the body of Christ. So we are members, jointly fit together. We are members of one body. And we can't effectively be the body without being intimate with God. People say that we fall in and out of love. I don't think we fall in and out of love because God is love. And that love is agape. I believe that we have our expectations and when our expectations become unrealistic and we have idealized that individual and idealized that relationship, then we fall out with the ideal and we believe that we've fallen out of love with that person. You don't fall in and out of love. You get discouraged, you get disconnected, you get detached from someone. But if you truly ever love somebody, you love them. And if you love them with the love of God, then you love them. But if your love has had stipulations and conditions on it, then that love has not been pure love. So when Peter talks about the divine nature of God, and it says that we have a that corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust, you fall in and out of lust with people. But falling in and out of love is a little bit different and a lot of us um, may haven't really experienced that love that we believe that it is that we've been seeking after. But intimacy is the very nature of God. And since we're made in his image, it's for us to want to have that intimacy with him. He has put it in us. We're capable of being intimate with him and with others because it is in our divine nature. Intimacy is not a new thing with God. It's not a new thing. It was in the beginning in the Garden of Eden when God would come and walk with man and he would walk with him in the cool of the day. The cool of the day, meaning after the day's work was done, God came and talked to them. It was only when they became cognizant of their nakedness. They were always naked. But when they became aware that this nakedness wasn't good, is was only because of the fall. They were naked before and it was good because God said it was good. So this isn't like me trying to say, okay, you know, go out and join a nudist colony. That's not what I'm talking about. There is the nakedness that says, you know, God sees me, God knows me, God knows my my strength, God knows my weaknesses, because when he called out to Adam, he wasn't just calling Adam, he called both of them because they weren't known as Adam and Eve. They were known as Adam. And he called out to them, where are you? God knew where they were. He just wanted them to step up and say, here we are. He wanted them to step up and take ownership for what they had done. But instead of them saying, God, I've sinned and and, and I've fallen against you, and and I repent for that, when God says, what is this that you've done? And he said, you know, Adam says, well, I didn't do anything. It's this woman." over here that you gave me, and she's like, well, you know, I didn't do it because Satan made me do it. Well, neither one of them took responsibility for their actions. And God is saying, take responsibility for your actions. You can't take responsibility for what somebody else has done for you, but you can take responsibility for your actions. And what are those actions? It's how you choose to react to what has been done to you. You made it through childhood. Obviously, what happened to you was devastating, it was horrible, it was awful. A child should never have to be hurt at the hands of people they should be able to trust. But since you made it and you're here now, what decisions are there to be made? Are you going to forever be the victim? Are you going to forever be stumbling through the obsessions, and the lust, and the addiction, and the hang-up that all of this has caused you. There's a secret place where love abides, and that secret place is in God. God wants you to desire him instead of ourselves. So when the fig leaves got applied, the fig leaves were nothing more than a way to hide, to cover up. To deceive. Who are they deceiving? God knew what had happened. God knew what had occurred. But here we are, and it's after the fall, it's after the cross. And because of the cross, Jesus took all of that and became sin for us. And He took it all into Himself. And now he has finished paying the penalty for our sins and the things that don't, that um, easily beset us. And he has sat down on the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for us and he is our mediator. And that means that we have the capacity, as lame as we are, to get into the secret place with God and be intimate with him to be with him as he is with his father, as the Holy Spirit abides, and as the Holy Spirit speaks only that which he hears the father speak. We're called to be in fellowship with him, to, to sit down and commune with him. And when we commune with him, we are accepting that place of trust, that place of love and vulnerability with Him. To humble yourself before God and say, "You know what? I'm hurting. People have hurt me. I'm still hurting from what people have done to me. I still need help getting to the banquet table." God says, "I know you still need me. I know." You still hurt. I know you need me. I'm here for you. I want to be with you. Do You want to be with me. So when Christ has humbled himself to the point of death, that's us dying to ourselves, our selfish desires, our personal wants. And by selfish desires, we don't want to let go of what happened to us we wear worried about our necks like a medallion and a trophy on the shelf. and Look at what happened to me. Look at what they did to me. And look at how this has harmed me and how this has affected me. And I can't be a good parent. I can't be a good wife because of what was done to me. God says not so. Not anymore. You were made lame because somebody that you should have been able to trust dropped you. But God says, Come to the banqueting table and let me show you what it is that you are an heir to. He want to get the glory out of what the enemy did in our lives. When we don't let him do that, then we become idols and, and we become little gods and we take The glory for ourselves because we say, look at what I made it through. Look at what happened to me. Not look at what God brought me through. God wants to get the glory out of what happened in your life. Seeking seeking his faith. Seeking his face above seeking his hand. His hand is there for you, but seeking his face means that you want to commune with him. You want to talk to him. You want to have a relationship with him. It's a privilege to have intimacy with God. It's a privilege to know that he removed our sins away from us as far as the east is to the west so that we can dwell with him. There is nothing now that can separate us from the love of God. Whatever sins are in our lives or whatever sins were committed against us that have hindered our fellowship and kept us from being intimate with God, he says that I want to reveal those things to you so that you can repent of them and not let them come between us anymore because I want to be with you. I love you. I desire to be in your presence. So, As we go into the Life After series, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to come, call in, listen in, join the discussion, and talk about what it is that God has brought you through. We know you could easily say, you know what, I'm not going to make it. I'm just not going to make it because I don't see any way to get past it. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says so, that he knows the thoughts that he thinks about you. And they're thoughts not to harm you, but to give you good success. That's because he wants to be intimately involved with you at the banqueting table. And he wants to take you from the banqueting table into the bridal chamber, and he wants to love on you, and he wants you to love on him because we are spirits. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it is in the spirit of God that we find safety, that divine nature that Peter is talking about, so that we can know the exceeding great and precious promises. Song of Solomon 5 and 13 says, his cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers, And here is kind of an outline of this that is in the morning devotional. It says, Lo, the flowery month has come. March winds and April showers have done their work, and the earth is all bedecked with beauty. Come, my soul, put on thine holiday attire, and go forth to gather garlands of heavenly thoughts. Thou knowest whither to betake thyself, for to thee the beds of spices are well known. And thou hast so often smelt the perfume of the sweet flowers, that thou wilt go at once to thy well-beloved and find all loveliness, all joy in him. That cheek once so rudely smitten with a rod, oft bedewed with tears of sympathy, and defiled with fiddle. That cheek, as it smiled with mercy, is a fragrant aromatic to my heart. Thou didst not hide thy face from shame and pity, O oh, Lord Jesus, and therefore I will find my dearest delight in praising thee. Those cheeks were furrowed by the plow of grief, and crimson with red lines of blood from thy thorn-crowned temples. Such marks of love unbounded cannot but charm my soul far more than pillars of perfume. If I may not see the whole of his face, I would behold his cheeks. for the least glimpse of him is exceedingly refreshing to my spiritual sense and yields a variety of delight. In Jesus, I find not only fragrance, but a bed of spices, not one flower, but all manner of fruit flowers. He is to me my rose and my lily, my heart's ease, and my cluster of campfires. When he is with me, it is May all the year round, and my soul goes forth to wash her happy face in the morning dew of his grace and to solace herself with the singing of the birds of his promises. Precious Lord Jesus, let me in very deed know the blessedness which dwells in abiding, unbroken fellowship with thee. I am a poor, worthless one whose cheek thou hast deigned to kiss. Oh, let me kiss thee in return with the kisses of my lips. God's intimacy with us is so strong. It is so powerful that even when your rights as a child have been violated, you have the right as a child to be provided for, to be protected, to participate in the family circle, to have economic security, to have social and cultural rights. And when all of those things have been violated, God says, I know you've been dropped. I know your lane. Come to me. Come to me. Let me love on you. Let me hold you. Let me show you the way out. First Peter again. Second Peter verse one three through four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be. Partakers are of the divine nature, sitting at the bank on the table, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. That's intimacy. That's intimacy with God. And as we continue on with the Live After series, we will have different um, guests on the show, different co-hosts on the show. Uh, tomorrow, I encourage you to tune in tomorrow's show. We'll have... Author Eva Michelle, and she will be covering more from her book, Life After the Download. This is a subject of betrayal and a marriage between a wife and a husband. This is a true story. So we will be getting into that some more tomorrow, and she will appear on Patricia Adams Live for the next six months, once a month. She will also appear on K111 on the blog. Copy- So that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash K111 and on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Patricia-Adams-Live. I want to encourage you as well to go by www.OneHeartSeries and pick up the latest series, the One Heart series. They are totally in stock and available for you. And the One Heart series takes you through the process of intimacy with God. There's five volumes in the series. It's basically taking you through the process of salvation, if you would, as a marriage to God. From the beginning of time, we go all the way back and we explore all of the things and the schisms and the isms and the divisions that would keep you from walking in divine intimacy. And that's in With Oneness Apart in Volume 1. In Volume 2, we go into the journey of oneness, how you come from that place of lameness when he calls you and you make your way to the banqueting table. In Volume 3, we know that there are going to be times when you're sitting at the banqueting table and you realize still in your lameness that maybe you're uncomfortable at the banqueting table. We address those in Volume 3. Detroit, off the road called oneness. And in Volume 4, we finally come to the point where, you know what? I belong at this table, lame and all. I belong at this table because God is my healer. He is taking me from faith to faith and glory to glory. And in Volume 4, it is all about I and my Father are one.
1: And in Volume
0: 5, it is the One Heart Series devotional where you are spending time with God
1: in a way
0: that takes you into the place of that relationship because after the wedding ceremony comes the marriage. So getting married to God is work. It is work. It is not something that is for those who just want somebody to put a $1,000 blessing on them and say, you know, you've got $1,000, come down here, I'm going to lay hands on you. It's not that kind of a show. Spending time with God, getting to know him, getting to trust him, Getting to be in His presence and getting to tell Him what you heard, show Him where you heard. He already knows, but He needs you to take ownership of what's happened to you, and He needs you to take ownership of how you're going to come out of it, so that He can get the glory out of your life. So there is an evening devotional here for. Song of Solomon 2 and 1, it says, I am the rose of Sharon, and whatever there may be of beauty in the material world, Jesus Christ possesses all that in the spiritual world in a tenfold wreath. Amongst flowers, the rose is deemed the sweetest, but Jesus is infinitely more beautiful in the garden of the soul than the rose in the garden of the earth. He takes the first place as the fairest among 10,000. He is the sun, and all others are the stars. The heavens and the day are dark in comparison with him, but the king and his beauty transcends all. I am the rose of Sharon, he says. This was the best and rarest of roses. Jesus is not the rose alone. He is the rose of Sharon, just as he is called his righteousness gold, and then adds the gold of Ophir, the best of the best, he is positively lovely and superlatively the loveliest. There is variety in his charms, the rose is delightful to the eye, and its scent is pleasant and refreshing. So each of the senses of the soul, whether it be the taste or feeling, the hearing, the sight, or the spiritual smell, finds appropriate gratification in Jesus. Even the recollection of his love is sweet. Take the rose of Sharon and pull it leaf from leaf and lay by the leaves in the jar of memory and you shall find each leaf fragrant long afterwards, filling the house with perfume.
1: Christ
0: satisfies the highest taste of the most educated spirit to the very full. The greatest amateur in perfumes is quite satisfied with the rose. And when the soul has arrived at her highest pitch of true taste, she shall still be content with Christ. Nay, she shall be the better able to appreciate him. Heaven itself possesses nothing which excels the road of Sharon. What emblem can fully set forth his beauty? Human speech and earth-born things fail to tell of him. Earth's choicest charms commingles picture his abounding preciousness, blessed rose, bloom in my heart forever. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. I want to thank you for joining us and again join us tomorrow for the show with Ingrid Michelle and Life After the Down Low as we get into the Life After series. And I want to close with falling in love with Jesus by Kurt Whalum. Be blessed, and we'll see you again tomorrow.
1: no place there is no place there is no book of go boy. to be did 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Falling in love, well, Jesus, glory be to God. Falling in love, it is our I think, protected.